Hey, good morning, everybody. So glad you're here. We are wrapping up Colossians, and um, I'm going to tell you something you're going to think is weird. I wish you'd have been here first service. I know you're like, I'm here now. You're here now. First service went so well and went so great that I wish you'd have been here first service, but you're here now, and it's an odd thing to say. It's just the pressure I feel, but... Um, We're closing out Colossians. We've been here six weeks talking about the difference of having Christ in us. The whole series theme was Christ in you. That when Christ is in you, that you think differently, you live differently, you act differently, you talk differently. That, that, is, that is the whole gist of it. Not that we're perfect, but just that Christ is in us, so we're doing things differently. That's the gist of the message. Now, we're closing this whole thing out. I want to talk to you about opportunities, just, just this whole uh, concept of opportunities. Years ago, when I was in youth ministry, somebody asked me why I always uh, start off a story about when I messed up, because it kind of levels the playing field. Everybody just kind of relaxes, and so this is a story about when I messed up, but um, I was in youth ministry. I was a youth minister in Johnson City, Tennessee. Leslie and I had only had two kids at that time, but I wasn't making any money. Youth ministers uh, inherently do not make very much money, and uh, that's just the way it was, and in some ways still is. But uh, I was sitting around the lunch table with some guys from the church, and one of the guys from the church said, hey, you want to make some money? Well, I leaned in. You know, don't you? If somebody says, oh, you lean in, especially if you don't have any money. You're leaning in hard. And he said, I got this stock. I got a stock you could buy. It's gonna. It's just, it's just new technology. It's, it's cell phones, new technology. This is in, this is nice. And, and he said, "Man, you could get in right now." And needed three hundred dollars. Well, at that time, look, three hundred dollars is like three thousand or maybe thirty thousand to me. I can't remember. I remember I went home and told Leslie. I said, "We got this opportunity. Got this opportunity that we can we can we can make some money. I can buy this stock." And so I bought the stock, bought the stock, got the money. And not only did I buy the stock, I got my brother-in-laws to buy the stock. I'll tell you the name of the stock. You tell me if you've ever heard of it. Chadmore Wireless. That's how much money I made. <laughs> made zero. I think it was just, it just, anyway, it was just a nightmare. And my brother-in-law's never let me, brothers-in-law never let me live that down. And, but you know what the truth is? We're all looking for opportunity. We're all looking for an opportunity. The word opportunity means favorable conditions. We're looking for favorable conditions. We're looking for them at work, looking for them uh, in our purchases. Like, is it, is, it, is it favorable condition to buy a house? What are the interest rates? Uh, can I buy a car? Can we afford this payment? Are the conditions favorable? A new job? Can I make more money? Can I, can I, can I move up? And none of that's wrong. Listen, not, opportunity's not wrong. This is not a message about don't pursue that. That's not that's not. But, there's always a but, isn't it? I want to talk to you about some other opportunities. I want to talk about some opportunities because Christ is in you. Because Christ is in you, there are some opportunities that I think sometimes, man, we, we, we are missing. And, and I may be wrong, I'm just speaking. I just think sometimes that opportunities are waiting 
that there are some, there are some eternal opportunities out there. There's, there's, some, there's some opportunities for you to affect someone else's eternity, maybe your own, for, to have God's blessing in your life, to see God work in ways that you never dreamed. You never dreamed it would happen. You'd think, man, man there's no way in the world. I remember when I was, uh, when I was little, uh, my, my cousin and I, we were, we were in West Virginia. My family's from West Virginia, which kind of says a little bit about me. But anyway, my family's from West Virginia. And we were fishing on a bridge. We were fishing on a bridge, and we were fishing, and it was on a Sunday. And some guys rode by. There was a church up on the hill, in the holler. They called it the holler. Up in the holler, there was a church on the hill, and the guys rode by. And one of the men said, "You boys ought to be in church today." And he rode off. And we were, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm a pastor now. God had the last laugh. You know what I'm saying? There are opportunities out there that you never dreamed. I never dreamed I'd be a pastor. Look, I didn't. I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up in the church. Didn't grow up in the church. Family was, did not grow up knowing Jesus. I, this is not like a lifelong goal I've had in my life. I'm just telling you, there are opportunities out there. This isn't about going into ministry. It's just simply that there are opportunities out there that we never dreamed of because we don't think about them. We get in a hurry. We get busy. We think about our agenda. And so Paul closes out. He's been writing to these people, talking about because Christ is in you. And he, he, he's going to talk about some opportunities here. So there's opportunities out there in the prayers that are prayed. There are opportunities out there. And I use this because we're really good about talking about prayer. And I've preached a lot of sermons on prayer. And we've got an acronym for prayer. you got Acts. Uh, Acknowledge, confess, uh, thanksgiving, uh, supplication, or push, pray until something happens. We got a mechanism of prayer. We've got modes of prayer, like we're, we're going we're gonna to bow, uh, bow down to pray, or we're going to stand up, we're going to close our eyes, we're going to hold hands. Y'all know I hate the holding hand part. I hate it. I hate, you ever hold hands with somebody praying? Their hands are sweating. It's just really weird. I just don't like, like Come on, help me out here. Help me out. Help me out. <laughs> but we know all about prayer. We know about it. We know about prayer, and we may even like prayer. We may even say we believe prayer, but I'm telling you, there are a lot of opportunities out there in your life if you and I will just simply pray. Just simply pray. And so I'm going I'm to share the scripture, and I'm going to make a couple of quick thoughts here. Here's what Paul says. He's closing out this letter to these guys, and he said, hey, there's opportunities out there. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote. Devote yourselves to prayer. That sounds pretty important, doesn't it? I'm supposed to be devoted to it. Most of the time for us, prayer is like an afterthought. It's like when everything else failed, I'll pray. You ever do that? I'm trying to do all this myself. I can't get it. Well, maybe I just pray, and then you pray, and it go, man, this prayer thing works, doesn't it? With an alert mind, that means being watchful, and a thankful heart, that you and I are supposed to live in such a way that, man, here's the thing about prayer, that there's certain things that God's going to do, there's certain things that God's not going to do, and there's some things he will only do because we pray. Now, it's a weird concept, and I don't really understand it all myself, but I know this, that he moves when I pray. He moves when you pray. He listens, he moves, he changes things. Now, again, in my mind, I can't always grasp it, but I'm telling you, that's what's going on. There are opportunities out there if you and I will just simply devote ourselves to prayer. And Paul follows it up and says, pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious 
plan concerning Christ. He says, pray for opportunities. Pray for opportunities that man, that you and I will be able to tell people about Christ. That we ought to pray for this. This ought to be our prayer. That we ought to be devoted to it. That is why I'm here in change. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. So let me ask you a question. Would you consider yourself to be devoted to prayer? Well, here's the good news. You can change that today. If you're not, you can. It's just a simple act of making it a priority, of, of just saying, you know what? I'm going to start my day in prayer. And if you need help, you don't know how to pray, and that certainly may be the case because it's not a really a common thing, then we would love to help you. I'll give you my email address. It's gary at eastridge.church. If you need help praying, I would love to help you pray. But the truth is that praying is just simply talking to someone. It's talking to God. It's just simply, and you may say, I sound stupid. It doesn't matter. I'm going to talk to God. I have found that the, the, some of the best prayers were the shortest, the most simple. God help me. I've told you my favorite story in the Bible is a prayer. It's a parable about a prayer about the, the, the tax collector and, and the Pharisee were praying. And the, the tax collector, the Pharisee has all the right words and everything like that. Da, da, da. The tax collector has this one prayer. God, have mercy on me. I've prayed this so many times. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And so, there are opportunities out there if you and I will simply pray. The second thing is this. There are opportunities out there in the way that we actually live. Now, we talk about living a certain way, and we're good at dressing up and looking good on Sunday, but there are opportunities out there in, in how we actually live. How we actually live provides opportunities. Now, I'm going to tell you about me, and this is going to sound like I'm bragging. At first, it's going to sound like I'm not bragging. Then it's going to sound like I'm bragging, but I just want you to know that I'm, I'm, putting, I'm practicing this. A couple years ago, my son Micah, who's my third oldest child, but my oldest son said, hey, dad, you ought to start going to CrossFit. And I said, why would I do that? I already look good. I'm just kidding. And I said, no, you know what I told him? I said, man, they'll make fun of me. That's what I told him. They'll make fun of me. I said, they'll make fun of me. Well, anyway, he, he, uh, he got me to go, and it doesn't, doesn't look like I go, but I go, go to CrossFit. And as a matter of fact, I, I, was, I was telling somebody after first service because they, they, they said they had seen me. And you know where they had seen me? I entered a CrossFit competition. I did. I entered a CrossFit competition. Y'all remember a couple years ago? I entered a CrossFit competition. I was the oldest person in the room uh, by at least 20 years. Came in dead last. <laughs> Retired after that. But you know what CrossFit has allowed me to do? To meet some really good people. And I'm going to say this. It's put me in the room with people who don't know Jesus. See, I don't work with a lot of people who don't know Jesus. Most of the people we hire know Jesus. As a matter of fact, all of them do. And so I have to think of ways And when our kids were younger, it was easy with ball teams and school. We were constantly around lost people. And so I go to CrossFit. And I don't pull out a Bible and I'm not preaching to everybody. But when I get out of the car, you know what I do? I just pray. I say, Lord, use me. Help me be a light today. And some days are 
you feel like something happened and some days you're just in there working out. But there are opportunities in all our lives in how we actually live. That if we were really to live the way Paul describes here, and I'm going to show this with you, I just don't think we're really good at it. I know first service isn't really good at it at all, so. He says, live wisely among those who are not believers. Live wisely. And then, man, I love this phrase right here. As a matter of fact, I'll get you to say it with me. And make the most. Make the most. Make the most of every opportunity. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. And then he says, let your conversation always be gracious and attractive so you'll have the right response for everyone. That, that man, we ought to live in such a way that, man, we, we, that gracious conversation comes out, that, that it's attractive. And I think if we were to, to, to put more emphasis, if we were just to focus on this a little more, man, we would be shocked at the opportunities that come out, that if we were to start off and we were to pray, we were simply pray that God would use us. And then the second thing, that we would actually have this attempt that I'm going to live like Christ because Christ lives in me, that man, that I'm going to see this difference. And so I'm going to give you a couple of uh, opportunity killers that if you want to live for Christ and you want, you want to do this, here's the opposite of doing this, is to live a life where you complain a lot. I found that people are not drawn to this that people do not want any part of Jesus Christ uh, from uh, complaining. That when we're lazy, that, that people are, 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 are respect Christ followers who work hard, are great examples of hard work and they're not lazy. That when we're entitled, that when Christ followers feel entitled, this is an opportunity killer. When we feel like we're entitled, and I'm going to put the fourth in it because the third and the fourth can go together. Or when we're arrogant, when we think we are better because we know Jesus or, or we've got the answer, whatever like that. I found that these are opportunity killers. And then the fifth one is when we sin recklessly. That we are all sinners. I just read from Romans, we're all sinners. But when you and I sin recklessly, when we have no, no uh, conviction about it, when we have no remorse about it, when we are just flipping about it, that these are opportunity killers. So, do you think you're living wisely? And I don't think we intentionally do it. I just think sometimes... We just forget that, man, there are opportunities out there. And I have to learn this the hard way sometimes. You, you ever go, and, and this is going to say a lot about me, and you're going to think less of me, but, but, but you'll think less of yourself too. You ever go to like Walmart or a store, and you see someone there, and you really just don't have time to talk to them? You ever do that? You're like, you see them, you're like, I see them, and I, I hope they don't see me, because if they do, then i got to talk to them. And that sounds really bad, but we all have that tension that little tension. And, and the Lord's really convicted me years ago that, that he is ordaining and lining things up. And these are actually opportunities. That if we would just change the way we think and think how we live, that they're opportunities. And so there's opportunities when we pray, opportunities the way we live. And then here's the last part. There's opportunities when you and I are people who are all, all about mission. They're all about mission. And so I'm going to read this part to you. And it's going to be on the screen. 
But sometimes when you read the Bible, you're wondering why something's in there. Why is this in there? And so you're going to hear about some people. And what I love about this section is that none of these guys are clergy. They're not ordained elders. They're not paid staff. They're ordinary people who decided to live their lives differently. They, they decided to be on mission, to be all about the mission, the mission of Christ, that they saw the greatest opportunity of their life was that they would serve Christ in his church. I'm going to say it again, that they saw the greatest opportunity of their life, more than a house, more than a car, more than a new relationship, more than a new job, more than more money. They thought the greatest opportunity of their life was that they would be all about the mission and they would see and change the world and watch God work and watch him do things. And so I want to read about these people for a second. I just want to give you, I just want to give you a glimpse of it because I think so many times we think, well, that's just for the clergy or that's just, that just works for you, Gary. And so I'm going to read these names and whenever you do Bible names, it's always a little weird, okay? Tychicus, which I think that's how you say his name, will give you a full report on how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother. And then I want you to hear these, these words. And faithful helper. This guy was faithful. That Paul puts him in the Bible. Because this guy is faithful. Faithful in helping the kingdom. Faithful in helping Paul. And if you don't know who Paul was, Paul persecuted Christians. He threw him in jail. He tried to kill him. And then he saw Christ. And he had this encounter with Jesus Christ. Changed his life. And he became one of the greatest followers of Christ there ever was. Started churches. Wrote, wrote letters that are in the Bible. And he says, Tychicus is his faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. He says, I have sent him for this very purpose to let you know how we are doing to, and to encourage you. And then he says, I'm also sending Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was a slave. This guy was a slave, but he wasn't just a slave. He was a slave who had devoted himself to the mission of God's kingdom. He could have just stayed a slave. I'm a slave. I'm a nobody. No, 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 no. And look what Paul says about Onesimus, the slave. So I'm also sending Onesimus, a faithful. He is faithful. This guy has been found faithful. He's a faithful brother, not a slave. One of your own people. He and Tychicus will tell you everything that's happening here. Then he mentions a guy named Aristarchus. I know if you're here today, where are you, where are you going, Gary? Hang with me. I'm going to tell you where I'm going. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me. This guy chose to follow Christ to join the mission, and it put him in prison, and Paul recognizes him. You know why he recognizes him? Because, man, he's in prison with Paul. He's with him. And so does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. The reason why he mentions Mark, because Mark deserted Paul on an earlier mission. He left, left Paul, got scared, he left, and Paul, instead of recognizing him as a deserter, Paul recognized him as one who made a mistake but came back and he says, and so does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way because the gospel is all about second chances. It's all about we've all deserted, we've all messed up, we've, but there's always a chance for you to come back. 
And then they got Jesus, the one we call Justice, I think because calling him Jesus got a little confusing. I'm serious. That's what I think is funny. He also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. Hear this phrase right here. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God. They're working for the kingdom of God. They saw their everyday opportunity. I work for the king. I work for the kingdom of God. I may be doing this, but I'm working for the king. I'm, I'm about the mission. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship. He was part of their church. A servant of Jesus Christ sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly. The word there earnestly means he wrestles in prayer. He wrestles in prayer. That this guy was a prayer warrior, that he would be on his knees or holding hands or wherever, standing, eyes open, eyes shut. This guy would be wrestling in prayer. He always prays earnestly for you. Asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Heropolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, Luke, the doctor, had left his practice. He had left his practice because he saw the opportunity to be part of the kingdom, to serve the kingdom, that it was so important that he left his practice and focused on helping Paul. And so does Demas. Demas is the one who things do not turn out well for him in the end. He says, please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters in Laodicea and Heropolis. These were the surrounding towns. And to Nympha and the church that meets at her house. And he finally mentions a woman who is either single or a widow. In that culture, this was odd that she has a church meeting her house, but you know why she does it? Because she is about the mission of Christ. And even though it broke cultural dynamics, she was willing to do that for the mission of Christ. These people changed the world because they saw an opportunity to affect eternity. Now hear me on this. This is where I'm going. You and I have that same opportunity. You and I have that same opportunity with our everyday that we can change people's eternity, not through the power of us, but by serving and being all about God's mission, about the mission of people. So at your ball fields, at your schools, at your work, that we simply are different at the gym with our family, with our neighbors. We're just simply different. We're thinking about eternity. And we're watching God work in ways that we could never imagine. Now, I've told you this, that I've seen this play out in my family. And I've told some of you this story, and this is not about me, but it's about one of my kids. I'm just focusing on mission. That when Meredith graduated college, my second oldest, she said she felt like she needed, she felt called to go to Texas. And Leslie and I thought it was weird. We thought it was weird. I'm just telling you, we thought it was weird. As my kid, I thought it was weird. We were like, you don't know anybody in Texas. What are you going to do? She drove to Houston, Texas. 
And she was going to get a job teaching school there. And she, she didn't get a job. She came back. She taught school here in Newton County and Jasper County. In February, she came to Leslie and I and said, I'm not uh, going to renew my contact, my teaching contract. I'm quitting my job and I'm going to Texas. And I'm like, because this is a dad in me. This is what we do. What? And I said, what are you going to do, Meredith? How are you going to live? And she said, I, I think I'm going to get a job as a nanny. And I went, what? But anyways, I didn't say a whole lot because I didn't, I couldn't. So anyway, I get to this summer, Meredith's got like one more check left. We're on vacation. I said, Meredith, what are you going to do? Meredith said, Dad, I'm working on it, which is a polite way of Dad, shut up. And that was her respectful way of saying, back off. I'm serious. That's what it was. She said, Dad, I'm working on it. I said, okay. All right. I guess me and Mom will be helping you out. I guess we will. Um, figure, this, figure this thing out. The last day of vacation, she says to me, hey, I didn't tell you this because I didn't tell you this until the last day because I knew you'd ask me a bunch of questions. What? Me? Which I was offended, but it was true. She said, hey, I applied for a job at a church. I said, really? She said, yeah, I didn't want to tell you about it. I didn't want you to ask me a bunch of questions, but I said, okay, what church is it? She tells me the church. Bigger's not better in churches, but it's big. And I tell you, it's big because the odds of her getting this job, she has no experience. She has no, no, no ministry experience. I just know how church work does. You just don't usually hire people with no experience, especially the bigger you are. So she gets an interview. She gets another interview. They fly her out to Texas. She's the children's minister at a church in Texas. And you know what God told me? I've told you all what he told me. Gary, you don't know jack squat. That's what he told me. You know nothing. The one who's supposed to have faith is learning faith from his daughter. Listen to me. This is not about going in the ministry. You're already in the ministry. Your life is a ministry. This is not about going in the mission field. You are in the mission field. I am too. We are in the mission field. Let's start thinking like There are opportunities out there. If I pray, there are opportunities. Trust me. Try it. And we're going to talk about it and say, try it. There are opportunities out there if you pray. There are opportunities out there. Listen to me. Opportunities, listen, that are going to blow away a new house. They're going to blow away a new car. You're going to see people's lives change. You're going to see people come to Christ. You're going to see marriages restored. You're going to see their kids. I'm telling you, you're going to see it. You're going to see it and you're going to spend it. It's better than a new job. It's better than a new relationship. I'm saying, pray for that stuff too, but I'm telling you, this is better. And that's why Paul is saying, hey, make the most of every opportunity. Hey, pray about these opportunities. Hey, sell out, sell out. Because here's the thing, when you come to this place where mission, I want you to, because I want to be clear on this. I don't want to paint any pictures that, are, that, aren't, that are not clear. That when you come to mission, listen to me, when you, when you are all about mission, it is about serving, it is about sacrifice, and it is about suffering. That, that's what it's about. But that it is all worth it in the end. It is all worth it. You're thinking, man, I don't want to do it. I'm telling you, when you do, God blesses it. When you do, you see him work. I'm telling you, I've experienced it. I've seen it. It is the way the church works that when we are about mission, that God moves. I want to give you a dangerous prayer to pray. 
They're going to put it on the screen right here. I dare you to pray it. I dare you to pray this prayer. I dare you to pray it every day this week and see what God does in your life. You wake up in the morning and you say, God, help me to make the most of every opportunity for you today. For you, not for me. And you trust him with you. Not to be the, I'm not going to try to make the most about me. I'm going to make it about you today. And if that means I got to suffer, then I suffer. If it means I got to sacrifice, I sacrifice. If I got to serve, I'll serve. I'll do whatever because I follow you. That's what Paul is saying, the difference of being Christ in you, Christ in us. It's a difference in the way we live. And it's a great life. I recommend it for everybody. I want to spend some time praying for you, and then we're going to pray together here at the end. I want to pray for you right now, wherever you're at. Father, I know that I've been passionate. But Lord, I know in my heart what this is what it comes down to. There are opportunities out there for us. We've got to pray. And Lord, we need to be wise in the way we live. But Lord, we need to be on mission. Father, I pray for us to make the most of every opportunity every day and to watch you work in our lives. We pray it in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to look at the screens right here. These are our missions. I'm putting them on the board because, one, a lot of you don't know what we do, who we support. But I also want you to, sometimes when you pray for other people in the missionary, it kind of inspires your mission. I'm going to tell you a little bit about these missions. This is our foreign missions, Brighten Your World. It's a school and an orphanage in Ethiopia. We support them. Casa Por Cristo, they build houses all over the world. We support them. Midiania Christian Mission is uh, some churches. We support four pastors there. Just a wonderful organization. And they also have an orphanage that Leslie and I support a kid personally, that if you want information on that, that, that you, I can get you that. But, but we support these. And then go to local. Locally, that we support the Bread Coffee House at Oxford College. North Georgia Christian Camp. We support Hope of Newton, the church that Brad just started. The First United Methodist Church Food Pantry. The Willing Helpers. The Refuge Pregnancy Center. The Salvation Army. Solid Rock Food Bank. Newton Pregnancy Center. I put all those up there because, listen, these people, these are places where there's opportunity. There's opportunity for you to serve. There's opportunity for you to make a difference. And you're going to hear us talk about, just like we talk about gathering socks for change the world. These are opportunities. For us to affect people's eternities. And so we're going to pray for these now. And I'm going to start first with the, the foreign missions. If you would pray with me. Father, I pray for these people in other countries. Lord, that you are, you are saving people. You are working in lives all over the world. That it's not just here. Our minds are so small sometimes. But you're working. Lord, I pray for brighten your world. I pray for the school and the orphanage. Lord, I pray for Casas Por Cristo. I pray for our missionary, Jason Laffin. I pray for the work they do, the houses they build. Lord, I pray for Midiania Christian Mission, the pastors that we support there. Lord, I pray for the kids of the orphanage there. I pray that they would feel loved and know that you care about them. And then, Lord, locally, 
Lord, I pray for the Bread Coffee House at Oxford College that students there would find and see you and what's going on. They would find hope in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for North Georgia Christian Camp, the, the camps that kids attend, that, that lives are changed. Lord, I pray for Hope and Newton. I pray for Brad and Renee, the church that they've started. I pray for your blessing upon them. Lord, the food pantry, willing helpers, the pregnancy centers, Lord, that you would work, that lives would be saved, that babies' lives would be saved. I pray for the Salvation Army and the Solid Rock Food Bank. And then, Lord, finally, I pray for the Newton Pregnancy Resource Center. Father, we pray and lift up these missions. And I pray that in doing so, it would remind us that we are on mission. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for being here today. I went a little long. I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying I went a little long. I know you know that. Hope you have a great week. Hey, next week, we start a new series. Super excited about it. It's called Questions Jesus Asked. Jesus was the greatest storyteller that ever lived. But he also asked some of the craziest questions. And that they were pointed. They were, they were, they were life-changing. They would pierce your soul. And we're going to look at them next week. So come back next week. We'll see you.